Hey guys, my name is Ryan Rolt. No, we're not. It's on. It's on. Sorry about that. Anyways, um, I'm really excited, excited to be here. Are you serious? No. Not right now. No. No. Um, what? I got a problem out in the parking lot. What happened? Aren't you a lawyer? Yeah. Okay. Mark and Janice are out there. And you know how she laughs, and she's cackling, and she's making all this noise, and just being loud. And the neighbors next door, they're out there. They called the cops. The cops are out there. Okay, so we got a little problem. Y'all, excuse me. Okay. But aren't you a lawyer? Yeah, but I, not right now. I just can't right now. Really? I, it's okay. Fine. Let's go. Need some Mark. Come okay. on. Let's go. That was a modern day example of the parable that Jesus is sharing with us in the book of Luke. <laughs> that was an example of the parable that, that, that Jesus is trying to share with us. And see, back then it was the duty of the host family to provide bread for the travelers. So when this neighbor is knocking on the host family's door, he's basically saying, hey, you need to perform your duty. Like, I've got a traveler in here. You need to perform it. Sorry. I'm really serious. Um, and um, it just, but the problem is, it's just like with this situation, the timing is horrible. And so Jesus says that even if he won't answer it because of the friendship, he'll answer it if you're persistent, because of your persistence. Because when he's knocking, he's not only reminding you that you're not performing your duty, but he's waking up the whole neighborhood and now the whole neighborhood knows that you're also not performing your duty. So Jesus uses this parable to contrast the character of God. When he says, how much more willing is God willing to, op- to be there for us, to answer our needs, than this disgruntled neighbor who doesn't want to get up at midnight and he's got kids. What's cool about this is that it follows the Lord's prayer, and it's where Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. And what's cool about this is that Jesus didn't sit his disciples down and say, okay, today you're gonna memorize this and you're gonna learn this prayer, because you need it. But it was through Christ's own example that moved the disciples to ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. Luke, four other times, in the book of Luke, he mentions that Jesus retreated to pray. He went to the mountaintop to pray, He prayed before he fed the 5,000, and he prayed right before he died. And so the disciples had an understanding that the prayer was a really important part of Jesus' life, and they wanted that same relationship with God that he had, even Christ himself. So Jesus begins by saying, Abba, or some translations say, Father. And so from the very beginning, he's creating intimacy with God. He's not like, hey, some guy way out there, you remember me, my name's Ryan, I live wherever. No, no, he just says, hey, it's me, Father, it's me, it's your child. And next he begins to praise God, he says, hallowed be your name, your reign come, or your kingdom come. And basically he's saying, God, you do what you do, as only you can do it. You bring peace and justice to this world because you're the only one that can do it. And I'm depending on you to do this. And next, Jesus himself petitions God. He says, give me bread, forgive me, help me forgive others, and deliver me. He doesn't say, hey God, um, 
I know you're really busy up there, and if you get a second, kind of been bad today, need a little forgiveness, or God, I'm kind of hungry. He says, give, lead, forgive, help me forgive others. He prays with confidence, knowing that God is able and capable of providing for us the very necessities that we need here on earth. Jesus then goes on and says, um, ask and you will receive, or ask and it will be given to you. A couple cool things about that is ask. God wants us to ask. Um, Mistake me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he knows my thoughts before I speak them, and I'm pretty sure he knows me better than I know myself, but he still desires that relationship with us. He still wants us to ask. He still wants us to form dependence upon him and know that he is capable of answering and providing for us. Next, he says, you will receive. He doesn't say you might. It's a possibility, 50-50. He says, you will receive. It's a promise. Ask, and you will receive. See, this was, Reverend Dwayne, a couple years ago, spoke on the same passage, and he said it perfectly. He said, however, he's not a name it and claim it kind of God. God, I want a Ferrari, and boom, there it is. Sweet. See, that's what was so hard for me, is that when I was asking for things that made me a better person, or I was asking for things that were good, and yet I wasn't receiving it. I didn't understand. See, I've asked for a long time for God to remove the addict out of me, to remove this addiction. But see, what I didn't realize is those minutes that I prayed became days, and those days became weeks, and those weeks became months, and those months have become years. I can look back four years clean now and say that in the asking I have received, that he's given me sobriety, and he has given me an understanding that I could not have climbed that mountain without him. Now, it might not have looked like what I thought it was gonna look like, but I received. Another prayer that I've prayed really hard on this one, is God, please change my sexual orientation. Because God, it's just, this isn't working out. I cannot have the relationship that I desire with you and be gay. I just can't do it. So take it away. I'm asking and I'm, I'm not knocking anymore because now I'm pounding and I need you to do this because I don't want to lose you. And what again, I didn't realize is I was getting exactly what I needed. Because what I have now is a firm understanding of what unconditional love is. That he loves me despite what I consider to be my flaws. So it's awesome to know that I can ask and he promised me me that I'm gonna receive. But sometimes I get caught up in the asking part. Don't ask my family, but I think I like to talk too much. (laughs) But I get so caught up in the banging and the knocking that I get zeroed in on that door opening. All right, I'm knocking, let's go. And I don't realize the whole time the window's already open. There's so many, there's different ways, there's more than one way to enter a house. This house that we call life. So it took me, I had to step back. Because when I stepped back and I grasped this idea and this promise that if I ask, I will receive, it might not look like what I want it to do. But if I ask, I will receive, and when I could step back and look at the whole house and the whole picture, I realized that I was receiving all along. This is the, um, 
the end cap on the three-part series on social justice. And we had Mark start us off by questioning and asking us, who is our neighbor? And we realized that sometimes we've got to be willing to take chances and take steps to reach a hand out to help somebody else. It might be scary. Then Reverend Janice got up here and told us the story about Mary and Martha and how sometimes it's in the listening that we're right where we need to be. So I'm going to admit, I had a Martha moment this weekend, this week, all week. I told God what I was going to say. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to say this, I'm going to bring this prop. This is going to be awesome. And it wasn't working. So then I started to freak out, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to ask my parents, I'm going to ask everyone I can to help me because I don't know what's going on, I can't do it. And it was on the drive to the woodlands that I stopped and I realized, wow, I never once stopped to listen. And I just know God. I know he was up there and he was going, oh, this is funny. I mean, that's a good one. That's good. I like that. I'll be here when you're ready. <laughs> and when I stopped to listen, I got it. And it made sense and it worked. So what we've, and then today we're learning about prayer, to pray consistently, to pray with a dependence upon him, coupled with an understanding that he will be able to provide for us. He's capable. He can and he will. It's a promise. And so what we're gathering is the tools that we need to grow closer to God so we can reach out and share this love and this hope and this faith that we have with our community and our world. When Reverend Janice first asked me to come and share and speak again, um, she wanted me to share my passion, which is a place which comes out in a place called Grace Place. And a couple months ago, Pastor Laura at Grace Lutheran Church came and spoke at one of the equality ministry meetings that we were having here. And she shared with me what her congregation is doing. And her congregation is, I guarantee you, one-eighth the size of this one. And they got together and they planned this for two years. And they decided to open up a GLBT homeless drop-in center for youth under the age of 21. And the reason why the motivated factors behind this is one, if you're under the age of 18, you are the responsibility of CPS. And CPS's primary goal is to reintegrate you, reintegrate you back into the family. Now, if I was an addict and I needed to get clean in order to get back into my house, that would make sense, I get it. If we had a big fight, we could sit down, mediate it out, what exactly went wrong. We, we all know that when we're talking about a GLBT issue, that's not gonna, that's a little stickier. So they realized that there was this big need and this homeless, this homeless population of youth under the age of 21 is growing exponentially right now. Children are coming out a lot younger and they're getting kicked out. And so she was asking for volunteers and I filled out the application and I currently volunteer every other Thursday at their church because they decided to open up the doors and from six to 10, give them four hours of a safe place where we get a warm meal and we sit around and we pass the potatoes, we pass the water, just like we would in a family setting. We give them toiletries and necessaries that they need. I've never in my life seen somebody so excited about a pair of socks, apparently that's a big deal. Toothbrush, toothpaste, things that like it's Christmas, things that we take for granted, that I take for granted all the time. But the hard part is, is after we eat and we give them their stuff that they need, we hang out, bang on drums. I don't play the drums. We play guitar or whatever. I mean, we just have fun. And then at the end of the night, we give them an opportunity to open up. 
to share with us the tough stuff. And it is hard. They have to do things to meet their needs that I wouldn't wish on anybody. And this is a real life. I guarantee you that most of us came from a home just an hour ago. I have seen a one-year-old being raised by two 18-year-olds that are homeless. I have seen 13 and 14-year-olds homeless. And that's a lot to deal with. It's a lot for me. It's a lot for anybody, I think. And so this is the way I deal with it. I know Reverend Janice called me out last time and told me I was gonna bring a whole bunch of props. I only have one. And this is a replica of my pillowcase at home. It's not, all the names have been changed. But on my pillow at home is every child that I've met and been affected by at Grace Place. And it's on my pillow for a couple reasons. One, because I lay my head on this every night and it reminds me to be so thankful for what I have. So grateful that I have a pillow and that I have a bed beneath me and it's comfortable and it's not a concrete step and it's not raining and it's not underneath a tree. Because see, the hardest part is the end of the night when you have to say goodbye. And when then they then ask you, well, where can I go? And I have to say, well, I don't know, because we don't. Houston currently doesn't have adequate housing for you. So find a nice little tree. And the second reason I put it on here is to remember to pray for them every night, no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing, or what they have to do that somebody cares about them, even if they don't know me. This all started in a congregation so small because they wanted to give back to the community. We are currently the fourth largest city in the world. This MCC is one of the largest MCCs in the world we have eight times as more members at the other church. It's amazing to think about what we could do. See, we've had a couple uh, conversation series where we met on Wednesday nights and we talked about and threw around ideas of what exactly we could do. If we pulled our resources together and our hearts and our minds and our passions, what would it look like? Because see, Grace Place is just one idea. But every one of us, if we ask, because we're gonna receive, if we ask for a seed to be planted in us, I guarantee you it's gonna bloom and they're all gonna look different. Which is awesome, because then we would have no homeless people and a whole bunch of addicts or whatever. And we're all gonna be different. We're all gonna have different passions. But what we started this conversation series about is to listen to each other. What is it that we can do? 500 members strong, what can we do? So we've met twice already, and what I've noticed a lot of is what we, the focus is on what we don't have. Well, we don't have the funds. Well, do we? Or I don't have enough time to volunteer. And I'm going to challenge you guys not to focus on that. I'm going to challenge you to meet me afterwards. I'll be here. And let's talk about what we can do, because I know that we can dream big. I know it. I would love to get and meet with every single one of you guys and dream big about what we can do. 
to share this hope and this love and this passion that we all have inside of us out into the world. Because it's filled to the ceiling right now and it's just bursting to come out. I think it's important that we continue to pray as a congregation, as a community of faith, and to pray with me as we remember, try to remember who our neighbor is. Remember to listen when we're supposed to listen and to pray with confidence that he's capable of providing for us, that he will, and that when we ask, we will receive. So I want y'all to pray with me, guys. God, here we are. We're ready. Use us. We're asking, and I cannot wait to see what we receive. Amen. Amen.